Pursuers have a keen eye to point out what's wrong. And our reason for that is if we point out what's wrong, then attention will be given to what's wrong and it will be fixed. And then we will run more efficiently. We'll have better communication. We'll have all the things will go right. Connecting couples with the real Emhoffs. Hi, I'm Chad Emhoff. And I'm Angela Emhoff. And we love doing this podcast. We're, this is our first series called The Basics, designed for couples in EFT therapy, couples who have gone to a hold me tight or created for connection. We really just want to um, make connecting points for couples when they get home, when they've done all this great work in therapy, or they've done all this great work at, at one of these seminars or these conferences. We want to just give them the tools to keep those great conversations going. And so... We decided to put a podcast together. And so this first series uh, is called The Basics, and it really is just to kind of lay out some of the terms that are used in EFT when you start therapy or when you read Sue Johnson's book, Hold Me Tight, or when you read Creative for Connection, which is the faith-based version of Hold Me Tight, you start to kind of get these words that you might have never heard before, like pursuer, withdrawer, cycle, demon dialogue. Some of this, um, your your therapist might try to get you to turn to your partner and say something vulnerable, and and that's all very new for us. And so uh, Chad and I, Chad is an EFT therapist, and I'm a certified life coach with a master's in marriage and family therapy. We both love EFT, and we want to bring some of this stuff to you. And so um, we were asked by some of the couples in our conferences to do a podcast, and and we're new at this podcast stuff. We do more video stuff, which is why we're doing both a YouTube and a podcast. You can either check out um, our 20-minute weekly segments on our YouTube channel, or you can listen to the podcast. Either way, whichever one uh, you prefer. But the basic layout is we're going to bring the topic to you. We're going to talk a little bit about the trap around the topic. We're going to talk about a story or give you an example of how it applies. And then we're going to pitch it back to you and give you a connect point where you can have an intentional conversation um, and bring up some of the stuff that we're bringing up in these podcasts. Yeah, so this week we wanted to talk about um, the energy and kind kind of the the issues that face what we call pursuers. And, and I, I have some experience with pursuers, but Angela is really an excellent uh, <laughs> pursuer. And so I thought maybe she could talk more maybe this time I'm about that. I'm the pursuer's that. pursuer. Uh, That's what and, I do. And so, but, but we do, when we say pursuer, we just mean the person who kind of activates or kind of gets anxious, has this energy when things go wrong in relationships. So when the relationship gets a little bit derailed um, or gets off track, what does your gut tell you to do? You might be a pursuer if, if. I feel like we could oh, start I a game show. Oh, I love that. That's a really good, uh, you might be a pursuer <laughs> if, yeah. uh, let me start by kind of backing up a little yeah, bit because ahead. you might be a pursuer if, here's one of those things. Um, a lot of people come to therapy and they think their spouse is the problem or people who, who kind of view dysfunction will, will say the problem is the person. Um, I'm a Celebrate Recovery I, uh, ministry leader. I run a, 12, a faith-based 12-step program, and I get a lot of one <clears throat> one person in the partner who is there to work on themselves because they're the problem. And so um, we're attachment theorists. We really believe in attachment theory. We really believe that um, through bonding, my husband is smiling at I me, see and you I get don't. I up does. and pushing No, I have like a chip. <laughs> I ate a chip right Something. over. This is a bad idea. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, keep yeah. going, keep going. My, um, we believe that in attachment, we ha- we have a secure bond, um, and we're we're able to work through things. But that we believe dysfunction is also relational, and that problems are cyclical. It's not just all me. It's not just all him. 
what I do affects him, what he does affects me. And so part of the language that we start to get familiar with in EFT is the fact that there's a cycle happening between two people. It's not just him. It's not just me. And so in that cycle, we want to kind of lay out patterns that people take that are, it's, it's not necessarily to label, but it is just to say, Hey, these are some of the tendencies we want to kind of describe and hope that you can land in one or the other. And so around a cycle, around the dance that couples do this, this, um, have you, have you ever gotten in a fight with your partner and, and gone, man, we just keep having the same fight. The content changes. The fight is the same. And that is because these same patterns keep showing up. And in those patterns, we both as partners take a role and lucky me, my role is the pursuer role. And so we thought we would start with this one. So this is the third of our, uh, the third part of our basics series. We started just with an introduction of who we are and why we care about this so much. Um, and then our, our last uh, week's segment was, what is love? And, and is love enough? And we kind of discussed that even though you love each other, sometimes you get stuck in these stuck places and we wanted to kind of bring back to the connect point talking about when you knew that your partner was the one. And so here we are in week three. We're really excited. We're going to bring up um, just kind of like the role that the pursuer plays sometimes in the relationship. And then next week, we're going to talk about the role that the withdrawer plays in the relationship. And so here we go. Um, I am, Chad's called me out. He's called me on the carpet. I am the pursuer. I come on in. On the carpet. I come in hot. I don't even know what that means. No. But let's keep focused. I don't, I don't either. So I've called you in or called you out. And and so I've said, she's a pursuer. So what, what a pursuer is. So this is what's so nasty about being a pursuer. And I want to dive into mm. it a little bit. Not, not, not I'm going to talk about for the me. benefits. Not for me, but like for Angela, it's like the very thing she does to try to get connection to kind of, and to kind of fight for the relationship ends up sending messages that are almost unsolvable. Right. So um, we'll get it, we'll get it in a tough spot sometimes. And, and we're just like you guys, we all get in tough spots, but Angela will, will kind of get this energy. And it's like the more energy she has, the less I know what to say or do. And she asks 25 questions and they come rapid fire. And, and all of a sudden I'm like, I've got nothing. And I'm in my head and I'm kind of disengaged as a withdrawer, but like it, it ends up putting her in this position where there it's unsolvable. A I can't, word I can't that fix that. We're going to yeah. use a lot too, is a dilemma and the dilemma of the, the behavior that I tend to lean towards when we're in distress is um, I, it's almost like a panic that happens where I think, oh gosh, something's wrong and I better um, have a lot of words to describe not only what's happening, but have a lot of words to kind of fix what's happening since I feel, even though I do feel out of control, the, the delusion is I feel like I have more control and so I'm going to tell him what he needs to do so that we can kind of get back on track. And so my energy that I bring to the cycle can feel critical towards him. Um, it can it kind of send the message that I think he's getting it wrong um, and that he's the problem when in reality, deep down something is, is happening for me that's, that's harder than the fact that we have distress. And I don't know how to articulate that. That's the kind of the um, secret underneath the pursuer is we don't always know how to engage our own emotion. And that's a hard thing for a pursuer to be able to admit. It's not something that we want to be able to say. So often and, and when I work with couples, I'll, the pursuer will come in and feel like, hey, I've got tons of words. I've got tons of energy. I've got, I'm always talking about emotion. Um, and, and, and then as we kind of progress through therapy, a lot of times they go, oh my gosh, I've always talked about everybody else's kind of emotion. And I've always kind of expressed my own anger. 
but I've never really dug into my own pain. Yeah. And so I was explaining the attempt to get away from the pain. I think that anxiety, that panic that you're talking about is real. It says, go do something, go fix it, go work, go show, go tell, go, go I was explaining to a couple, a couple of weeks ago, um, about kind of the goal, the positive spin. Chad said, this is kind of the hard part about being a producer, but, but the positive spin is that producers have a pursuers. Sorry. Yep. Oh, producers. Producers. (laughs) We do feel like we're producing things. Um, pursuers have a keen eye to point out what's wrong. And our reason for that is if we point out what's wrong, then attention will be given to what's wrong and it will be fixed. And then we will run more efficiently. We'll have better communication. We'll have all the things will go right. And so, so a lot of times we'll say, Hey, such and such is going wrong. And, and that isn't always designed to say you're getting it wrong or you're missing that. Sometimes it's just like, hey, I want you to have the attention that I have towards this thing. Can we fix it? And so you'll see engage with drawers be like, okay, I'll fix that problem. But as soon as Chad will fix a problem, then I'll be like, okay, so glad you fixed that problem. Let me point out another one. Here's 13 more. And then I'll point out another one. And then I'll point out another one constantly striving towards ultimate efficiency. Like when I go to the store, I joke all the time with Chad, I write my grocery list out based on the pattern of how I want to push the cart around the store. It's a, it's a fish, it's an efficiency game for me. If I can get in and out of the store and not have to backtrack and go over uh, to another aisle again, I have won. That's how pursuers think. Well, and, and so that's how they think. That's how good people think. That's what I want to know. <laughs> It's true. And, and you might be a pursuer if you map out your grocery well, list. And, and I think a lot of withdrawers map out their grocery list and think about efficiency and think about how the most practical, logical way to do something is. And so I don't think it's just a pursuer thing that does that. But, but We're going to get say, into withdrawers next week. This I wanna, week. I want to say that pursuers also, it, it, it's, it's, it's a trap. That yeah, is a trap is. for them because – even if you're the most efficient, to what end? Yeah. What are you after? What yeah. is underneath that efficiency? What is underneath the, if, if you give me the, if I'm the withdrawer, right? Yeah. And, and I am in real life, but I'm like, if I'm the withdrawer and you gave me a list of 13 things and I did all 13 things, at the end of the day, are any of those 13, 13 things going to tell you that you're really worth it and valued and loved? No. And as a matter of fact, the hard part is that's when our um, behaviors kind of shoot us in the foot because we'll do all these things and still feel the tension and still feel the angst and still feel like there needs to be more. Um, It's a a trap for us too because we get those same shame triggers and we've convinced ourselves that if we control more or use better words or try to explain it again or, or if we could be more efficient, then that will make all that anxiety go away. The hard do more. Part, I mean, yeah. that's the other thing that a pursuer often falls into is like, if I just do a little bit more, if I just push a little bit harder, yeah. I'll, I'll mow the lawn too. And I'll, I'll weed it. And uh, then he'll, then he'll somehow value, see my worth, see yeah. my value and express it. In I joke that I all the time when I work yeah. with my clients. Um, I work with a lot of females. That's just part of the, the clientele that I really um, have a heart to work with as women who are kind of coming back and restoring their lives from things. I, you know, run a recovery program. And so I get an opportunity to help a lot of people recover from 
um, just all kinds of ways that their lives haven't gone the way that they hoped that, that they would. And, I, you know, I talk about some of this energy that happens, that cleaning your house is actually a really good quality, and it's important to take good things, uh, a good care of the things that you have. But if you're, like, um, cleaning your baseboards at 3 a.m. to try to make yourself feel like you have worth, then there's a deeper problem there. <laughs> and so we joke around kind of the striving energy of the behavior things that we do to try to almost convince ourselves that we are good, that we have it together, when deep down we still have kind of these insecure triggers. And so part of um, the basics, this particular series in the podcast, is, is to not only bring attention to some of these. So if you're a couple and you're listening to this, um, if you're one of the, the partners in the couple and you're listening to this going either A, that's my, my partner, or B, that's me, um, this is the, the hope that we have is not only that we'll give you words to help you articulate what it feels like for you, you know, as, as Chad and I are describing his work with, uh, I keep saying his work with (laughs) pursuers and how it's been described to him. And then me actually being a pursuer and how it feels. Um, if you can relate to that, then we hope that you would not only take some of our descriptions, but then add your own. What is it? If you're a pursuer and you get distressed into a distressing conversation with your partner, what does that energy feel like for you when it starts to kind of bubble up, when you start to panic, when you start to feel anxious, when you start to feel like I better take control of the situation quickly or it's going to get out of control? And instead of, if there's a way to do this, and we're going to talk about this as we go forward into our future series, but just in the base, basics, um, instead of being hijacked by that energy, what it looks like to try to pump the brakes and instead of telling our partner what they need to do, saying, hey, I can feel that I have this energy that's rising up in me that's causing me to want to tell you what to do or um, re-explain something I've explained 10 times, 10 times more. Um, And if I can bring that to him, then his ability to respond to what I really need, which is acceptance in that chaos, there's a better chance that that will happen than if I just kind of slide into that cycle or that pattern that continues to happen for me. And part of our goal is to help you see what role you play in those cycles that happen, in those places where you get stuck, so that you can pump the brakes and start to adjust what you do. Our hope, as we we talked about it in in actually the first podcast, um, isn't that we give you ammunition to attack your partner. Oh, you're, didn't you listen to the podcast? You're doing it wrong, you know. Um, But that you'll kind of start to look within and go, what is, what is the energy that happens for me when it doesn't go well? And how can I not only understand who I am better and what I tend to do in those moments, what my tendency is, but how do I then articulate that to my partner so that they can be with me in that scary spot? Yeah. And I I think, you know, this, that what a pursuer does makes sense. It makes sense. The fact that you have the energy and you say, and your body is trying to send you messages that take you to good places. The problem is it, it almost always kind of ends up hijacking, you know, what, what, what the real need is. And so it's like we end up doing this thing that, that, that really takes us away from what we desire, which is acceptance. And even if, even if Angela comes to me with all this energy and I somehow do, do the things or say the right words sort of, or she gives me the list to say, it does it, does it land as well? As if, if I was just genuinely able to respond to what's going on inside her. It just doesn't. Yeah. And so 
it, it is a sad, it's a sad tale in some ways. And, and a lot of times I think pursuers get a bad name as critical or blamey or, or some of these, these words that people say, Oh, that's not so nice. Right. But I, I just want to say it makes sense. And that if you've, if you've lived in a house where you had to fight to be heard, to be seen, to be understood, it would make sense that you would take yeah. this strategy. If, if the only way you ever got your emotional needs met was to really be articulate and really engage and argue well and fight for yourself, well, then, then you have a good reason to be a pursuer, and, and that makes a lot of sense. So I'm, wanna, we're not trying to shame anybody for anything they do by yeah, any means. And I want to yeah. say kind of the positive spin is those those pursuers are fighting so hard for the relationship. Not that withdrawers aren't. We'll talk next week about what their fight looks like. But pursuers are, are usually the ones that are reading the books. They're the ones that usually call the therapist to make the appointment. They're the ones that are trying so much. A lot of times a pursuer will feel like I'm the one doing everything for this, um, and that's what my energy makes me feel like like I'm the one that's taking it on when when a lot of times I want to try to engage Chad um, in a way that has him kind of include him in what I'm doing the way I word it actually pushes him away and so when we start to to download right the hold me tight conversations the the created for connection content in those seminars when we go to a therapist that's doing EFT and and really starts getting us to to um, take our focus off of what our partner is doing and really focus on what our part is, man, it's such a shift. And it's hard to take in. For me as a pursuer, it was really hard for me to go, wait a minute, you mean I contribute? And that's something for me, you know, Chad and I share in our story that we both are divorced. We, We both had marriages to people that we cared about, and those relationships did not go well. And so for me, when I started really learning about this pursuer thing, I had to re-grieve my first marriage because I recognize that I didn't have the tools to see how my critical energy was actually really shutting my partner down. Yeah. Um, and, th- and that was really, it sucked. It sucked to go, oh my gosh, I blamed him for so much when I recognized that I was contributing to part of what he did. And that's a hard thing yeah. to do. Well, and I, and I, I love that story. Just kind of saying, I mean, I, it's like you see the the energy that I came to the table with, the way I showed up, really did shut him down. And 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 uh, you know, if it's just us talking, I mean, it's easy for me to feel shut down by some of the energy. I get why you do it. Yeah. And I get what you do. Pursuers a lot of times feel like we are too much. And the last thing I want to do with Chad is, you know, bring that same energy to him. I knew that I had to shift in yeah. our relationship yeah. in order for us to be able to navigate some of these places we haven't been able to. And so this is where we kind of switch to our connect point um, in our podcast where we really want to kind of um, give you something that you can do. That's our hope is that we're coming into your homes, into your cars, into your space to kind of give you tools to have some different conversations. And so the connect point for this particular podcast for the um, pursuer, describing the pursuer, is that if you're a pursuer, Um, uh, we want you to be able to try to articulate that your hope is to draw your partner closer to you instead of pushing them away. And so even being able to say, hey, I listened to the podcast and I think that's me. Um, it's an interesting thing when you're first laying out the role. And so it's not a deep conversation. It's just, I think 
I am a pursuer based on the way that you guys have described it. Yeah. And if you're a withdrawer, then a nice way to say it is like, hey, I listened to that podcast and I think I might be a withdrawer instead of saying, I think you're <laughs> definitely a pursuer. <laughs> you know, and if you are a withdrawer and you do connect with some of the pain of being a pursuer and, and you start to say, hey, look, I see what's going on for you. Yeah. Right. If you can understand how hard your spouse's the pursuing spouse is working, you can say, hey, I see how hard you're working. You know, you don't we're not telling you to lie to each other, say, hey, I fully get it or something. That's not what we're saying. We're just saying, man, I appreciate that you try so hard for our relationship. But Thanks. anyway, I hear we, that. We gotta, I hear you telling me you appreciate it. I do. Me. I see how hard you work. Yeah. But we got to wrap it up. I don't want to yep. go over time. So thank you guys for listening. I hear a lawnmower in the background. So we're outside. Uh, <laughs> we're just on a, a porch trying to just be real casual, yeah. bringing this information to you. Tune in next week when we talk about the other side of the cycle, the withdrawers. Thanks, y'all.